Welcome back to all our listeners. The day has finally come and it has passed. The 2019 NFL Draft has officially concluded. The Packers made, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight selections uh, Thursday through Saturday. Um, covered a lot of ground, in my opinion, addressed some, ne- addressed some needs. Um, did splurge a little, got a corner and a running back in the on the third day. So uh, clearly, they went for best player available pro- approach there. Um, but let's start with the first round. The Packers actually make two selections: um, Rashawn Gary, Michigan edge rusher. Um, but he'll probably move inside with the Packers uh, predominantly, and then they trade back up first. They take. Darnell Savage from Maryland give up their two fourth rounders in Seattle who moved back to 30. Gage, how did you feel about the Gary and Savage picks? Uh, Gary was kind of a surprise for me. Uh, he was definitely not the top edge rusher that I had on my board. Um, I didn't expect us to get uh, either of Bosa or Josh Allen, but um, well, I knew I I kind of thought that Burns, Sweat, and Burns and Sweat would both be on the board. Sure enough, I was right. Um, I don't know what it is. I think the NFL just has issues with edge rushers that aren't that aren't bigger, and I think that's why I thought Burns and Sweat would both fall down the board a little bit. Mm-hmm. Sweat's obviously kind of a bigger guy, but Burns is I, the whole thing during the pre-draft process is about how lean he was, and then sure enough, he he felled all the way to 16 when I saw him on the board obviously it was disappointing to see Oliver Jonah Williams and TJ Hawkinson go off the board in succession right before Green Bay picked and oh and Devin Bush went off the board also it was that was mm-hmm. a rough it was a rough four picks and I saw when they announced Gary it was it I was kind of it was kind of shocking um I I love Gary's athleticism which makes a ton of sense why Green Bay picked him because I mean, if we look back at everybody that uh, Gudekin seems to target in the draft, he goes after elite athletes, and that's what Gary is. Gary has a ton of potential. Um, when I wrote about uh, when I wrote about great, or like when I was grading the pick on on Thursday night, I wrote about how much potential he has. The guy came into college as the number one college recruit. He faced triple teams every single week when he was at Michigan, mm-hmm. and he can be a great player in the NFL. It's just going to take a matter of him developing, which. Green Bay's development staff does a great job in regards to that, so I have some faith there. Um, I was a little, I was a little disappointed, but then after hearing um, Goot talk a little bit more later in the night, like after the round was over, and he said why they targeted him, it made a lot of sense because Green Bay doesn't really like those long, like those long, lean edge rushers, like all of the draft people like. We everybody loved Burns and Sweat over Gary because they were just quicker guys they were big they were better like speed speed rushers and he's like that's not what we want we want bigger guys and that's what gary is and i think in regards to that if it fits the scheme better then i'm all for it and i have in and goot we trust and they signed zadarius and preston smith this off season so we're going to give him a little he's not going to be pushed into start right away so i'm i'm okay with that and i think that he just is going to make the rotation deeper and He's just gonna. He's just gonna have to work on his moves, and co- he's just gonna have to work on his moves. That's just that's how it works a lot of the time. Not all rookies are gonna come into the NFL ready made to play right away. So, 
I think it's it was a good pick. I think if he is able to capitalize on that potential, it's going to look like a slam dunk. Yeah, Gary is sort of an sort of a project um, just because his, his technique isn't isn't honed in yet. But I mean, the potential is just outstanding. And as you already pointed out, um, his production did fall. He saw the triple teams, double teams on a week to week basis, and he played with a great on a great Michigan defense where um, you had the Chase Winovich, the Devin Bush, who were also, um, you know, taking away a lot of his production. Um, and, you know, Gutekunst just kind of pointed to that. He said he did a lot of things that don't show up in the box score. He uh, was able to wreck some games just by being out there and be, being able to affect the quarterback. Um, and, you know, the Packers clearly have a type, and that's Gary very much fits that type of being a, a really physical pass rusher um but is also very athletic and um the two smiths and gary are all going to be uh pretty solid against the run um and then you have sedarius and gary who are going to be um you know pretty good at getting after the quarterback uh preston smith is pretty good at it too um so all of them collectively are going to see a lot of snaps, maybe even together, you can possibly see Zadarius or, or Rashawn Gary playing a three-tech. So all three of these guys could be on the field at the same time. Um, but this is something that I've kind of touched on, is that there's really not a whole lot of pressure for Gary to you know, make a huge impact next year. Um, you know, I realize he's a 12th overall pick, so he is expected to be you know, a pretty great player, a transcendent player, if possible. Um, but the Packers' front seven is already pretty loaded. Um, we've got Kenny Clark, Mike Daniels, the two Smiths, and then we have Gary and Fackrell. Um, yes, I did just mention Fackrell. Um, all of those guys are going to be, um, you know, pretty effective next year, and they have so much depth to, um, you know, Dean Lowry, Montrevious Adams, Tyler Lancaster. All these guys um, are going to get their reps next year, and they're all going to contribute in the pass and as rush defenders. Um, and then obviously the Savage pick, they had to give up a little bit more to get him because Gooch said he didn't think there was any possibility of him being there on the board at 30. Uh, a number of teams were possibly targeting safeties. We saw Baltimore Ravens trade back immediately after the Packers traded up for, for Savage. And then of course they were, Savage was linked to the Indianapolis Colts who they needed a safety as well. Um, so I'm very pleased with the Savage pick. I had no idea he was going to be touted as a first-round talent. I thought he was a day-two guy, um, but I'm glad to have him. He's so versatile. He's a very rangy player. He can play center field. He can play in the slot. He's a, a heat-seeking missile as a tackler. What did you feel about the uh, Savage pick? Um, Savage, for me, uh, I'm not going to lie. I was a little disappointed when, I, when Chauncey Gardner-Johnson wasn't the pick. Uh because, I mean, I've been a huge proponent of everything that he does. Uh, I love his athleticism. I love his ability to play down in the slot. Um, I think he's a little bit better cover corner than Savage is. Savage isn't bad, but I just think uh, uh, Chauncey's a little bit better in that area. But uh, I've watched a good amount of film on Savage this uh, this pre-draft process. And, uh, didn't, and then I went back and watched a little bit more of it after they announced the pick, just so I could get an even better read on him. And... I really like him. Uh, the guy is a great compliment to uh, Adrian Amos. Uh, both are able to play the run, and he's and he's also able to drop back in coverage. 
Um, he says that he models his game after Eddie Jackson. I don't think he's quite the coverage safety that Jackson is, but I think he's a lot better in coverage than anybody else. Green Bay would have been trotting out this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Goot said that he was going to go out and address the safety position before the season started, and he did that. He went out and he got a guy that can start from day one. Um, he gives the team a lot of versatility. Uh, he makes it to where Josh Jones can play in the box. Uh, he doesn't need to be played out of position as a safety because let's just face it, that's not Josh Jones is. Josh Jones is a down in the box linebacker. Um, so, uh, so I love the Savage pick, um, and. He, I mean, he was a late riser. Like I know, in the like in the few days leading up before the draft, I heard Savage was a pretty popular name coming up boards along with Jonathan Abram, who obviously ended up going off the board at twenty six to the Redskins. Um, so I think that Savage is a great pick. I think he pairs really well with Amos, and I think that just this defense continues to get even better. Um, and now the secondary, when last year was viewed as a major weakness, it now, in my opinion, is one of the team's biggest strengths, as long as everybody can play up to their, their potential. Right. And I feel with Savage, my biggest concern is that his, he's got a slight frame. He's not, he's not really built like a safety. Um, and you know, that makes me question the durability aspect and whether he can withstand the rigors of a 16 game season. Um, he's almost kind of built similar similarly, and he's also has a similar, uh, you know, play style to Jair Alexander. Um, and we know he missed time last year, but you know, that's not an indication of whether he's going to be a, he's going to be a, you know, a constant injury concern. Um, but that's one of my drawbacks to Savage, but I think he's an outstanding athlete and he's going to be a chess piece for Mike Pettin. Um, so now moving on to day two, the Packers, uh, I feel like, you know, I don't know if you felt this way, Gage, but I really felt like day two was going to be a, a day they take a receiver, but they didn't. Um, they clearly feel comfortable with their three picks last year and, and Jamon Moore, um, Marquez Valdez-Scaling and Equinemius St. Brown. So they go ahead and get a, a interior offensive lineman, Elton Jenkins from Mississippi State, and then they take tight end Jay Sternberger, Texas A&M, my favorite pick. I had mocked him to the Packers uh, with this exact pick in a lot of my drafts because I felt like he was a really good uh, blend of both worlds as a receiver and an inline blocking tight end. Um, but we can talk about Jenkins first. Uh, he's going to really put some pressure on Lane Taylor and whoever the right guard is. Um, I guess we can assume that it might be Billy Turner, but this Jenkins guy, he's a, a really good athlete and he's uh, got got a great you know knee bend and he's got great hands as a run blocker and in pass protection. He's going to really um, light a fire under Lane Taylor, who you know didn't have the best season last year um, to play left guard. So I think the Jenkins pick was a, a great, a great, you know, it, it's kind of looking into the future. Um, and he, if at the very least, he'll be a great depth piece next year. And this Jenkins guy is going to really get to hone in his craft while he, while he develops. And then we have um, Sternberger, obviously tight end. He's going to learn from both. Jimmy Graham and the receiving uh, threat. And then he's got Mercedes Lewis, uh, who's been known more as a blocker. So, Gage, how did you feel about day two and the Packers' two selections in Elton Jenkins and Jay Sternberger? I think I had the same reaction when um, Jenkins was the pick uh, of every other Packer fan that was watching. 
of who the heck is this guy? What are we doing here? Because especially with Irv Smith still on the board and A.J. Brown was there, D.K. Metcalf, a number of top, almost all of the top receivers were there because only a couple of them had come off earlier in the round. Right. Um, I was shocked at the pick, and I still – I'm not I'm not completely sold on the pick. This isn't uh, and this isn't an indictment of Jenkins. I thought he was a great player. I thought I think I had him in my top five of interior offensive linemen uh, coming into this. But I I just I think that there was more important. I think there was better positions that they could have gone after. And there was also a number of top tackles that were still on the board that I think they could have gotten. So I I like I was just more I was a little underwhelmed like great pick great player makes sense because you're they're looking towards the future he's got great versatility which is perfect for the Packers who deal with offensive injuries ever or deal with offensive in, uh, line injuries every single year so it's a great pick and it makes a lot of sense however when there's guys like I don't know Greedy Williams I know the corner position is not that bad but you go out and you grab one you you go out and you grab an offensive lineman who is going to be probably a backup for you this year. It may, it doesn't make a lot of sense when there were some, there were some ready-made starters on the, on the board still. So great pick makes sense for them. Just, I don't know if that was the best use of that piece of capital. I personally think that if they were that interested in Jenkins, they might've been able to get him a little later. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. they can, pick and maybe they can trade back up into the second round or trade up into the early third um, and grab him. Cause obviously they had, what was it? Four day three picks. So I think they could have possibly gotten him if they really wanted him by trading back up. I know that there were some people that said they conf- considered them with their, uh, their 30th overall pick. Obviously they didn't end up making that one. So that's just, that's just my opinion on it. Great player going to make a lot of sense could possibly start for them next year or push billy turner for that right guard spot this year but i think after you invest seven million dollars a year in a guy that's probably you going to be your starter definitely feel that definitely feel very similar to that and i actually think you know you know there's outside chance that they may be hoping billy turner is going to be the right tackle too i've Um, heard that i've heard that as well I, i think i think that's definitely a possibility and jenkins actually has experience at tackle guard uh, left tackle guard and right tackle so he he does have experience um you know at, at a variety of spots along the offensive line and he's a great pass protector i think he allowed one sack the last two seasons um which is phenomenal it was somewhere near like over 700 snaps in pass protection only one sack allowed so um he's gonna have every opportunity to succeed and um, I think Gutekunst just saw a guy, you know, who it was too good to pass up, maybe the best player available. A lot of scouts had him as a top 50 prospect, and the Packers got him at, what, 42? So, or was it 42? Yeah, 42. No, 44. 44. Uh, they got him at 44, and uh, who was it? Dalton Risner had just went before that at, like, yeah. 41. So I know that probably stung for a lot of Packers fans. Um but, you know, it is what it is. They probably weren't going to take Risner anyway, considering he is more experienced at tackle. Um, but people do think he might move into guard. But Elton Jenkins is really a true interior lineman. Now, how did you feel about Jay, Jay Sternberger? Uh, Gage, he had a great year last year with Texas A&M. Somewhat of a one-hit wonder. He had about 800 yards 
and uh, 10 touchdowns last season. That was really his only solid year of production. Um, but he tested well. He, he's, a, he's a pretty good athlete. I think he ran a, a low 4740, and he, he's uh, comfortable as an inline blocker. He's not a great inline blocker. He, he can stand the you know, be a better finisher, but um, I do like his willingness, and he, he does have pretty good hands as a blocker, so I think he's going to be um, someone the Packers can really work with, and he's going to have a, a great chance to be a future starter for them, um, especially if this is Jimmy Graham's and Mercedes Lewis's last year, and I think we're all happy just in general that the Packers took a tight end that can basically or potentially be their starter for the next few years hopefully beyond his rookie contract. How'd you feel about that? Sternberger was my second favorite pick from this draft. Darnell Savage was my, was my favorite, uh, but Jay Sternberger was a great pick. Um, I really like his ability to like catch, catch balls up the seam. He's able to stretch the field for them. He's a good red zone threat. Um, I really, I really like the fact that he can not only make big plays happen, but he's also a red zone guy. Um, because you'll run into like I've just from obviously we both watched a ton of football in our life. We've seen plenty of guys who can stretch the field or they can catch touchdowns, but they can't always do both. And he's one of the guys that can do both. He yeah, averaged seventeen point three yards per catch last year. That is nuts. That's that's more than AJ Brown. I'm pretty sure that's more than DK Metcalf, who magically fell to sixty fourth overall. Um I think that, but I I really like the Sternberger pick. I think that um, he does have some room to grow as a blocker. Um, and I know some people are a little hesitant after with only one year of production. Like, let's see, he had at Kansas, he played two seasons, he played two games, caught one ball for five yards, and then he had that big monster year at Texas A&M after taking a year off. I think he's just a late bloomer. Uh, tight ends take a little bit of time to get it going, mm-hmm. and I think that that's exactly what happened here. I think that he's going to take a year uh, at the NFL level to develop, um, and then it's going to be him and Big Bob Tanyan for the next decade, just mauling people. I got We got Bob as a blocker. We got Jace's uh, threat up the middle. He can play in the slot, which I really like. Everybody's like, oh, we don't have a slot receiver. We don't have a slot receiver. You got big slot, Equinemius St. Brown, Devontae can play in there, and now you got Sternberger, who can, who's a mismatch for a lot of safeties. Not a lot of guys are 6'4", 250 pounds and can move like he does. So I uh, so I, I really like that. He was, like I said, second favorite pick behind Savage, but I uh, really liked it. Now, before we move on to day three, how would you grade days one and two for the Packers? Um, day one, I'm gonna, I gave it a B- just because I thought that Brian Burns might have been a better pick at 12. Um, then Gary, Gary's good. Uh, I think he's a great player. Uh, but Savage really helped carry that grade, carry that grade. Um, day two, if I'm looking at it strictly from a getting talented player standpoint, I'm going to give that one a B plus, uh, cause the, and that one's, uh, Jay Sternberg's carrying that grade a lot. Jenkins, great player, super talented, going to probably start for the Packers at multiple, uh, like multiple points might become a full-time starter after this year. Um, and he's, he's got great versatility along the offensive line. But like I said, I thought that there was better players on the board, in my opinion, that would serve the Packers more right away and more over their rookie contract than he will. Again, not an indictment of him, just my opinion. And, but Sternberger was a great pick. I love getting him at 75, especially with a couple of the tight ends that went off the board before him. Like just there was like there was some tight ends like, uh, Josh Oliver, uh, wasn't a huge, I thought Sternberger was 
Sternberg was my number three tight end on the board. Yeah. And the, or no, he was my number four tight end. Sorry, after Irv Smith. So I really liked him and getting him at 75 overall, especially with a couple of the guys went in front of him was, uh, I thought, just great work by Gudikins. Yeah, I couldn't believe Oliver went before Sternberger, um, but I'm not complaining. Uh, I have similar grades. I, I'm going to give him a B for day one. You gave him a B minus. I just I like the Gary pick pie a little more just because he gives them more flexibility up front than what Burns would have you know, provided I, I would have taken Burns too. I was really hoping they were going to take Burns because he's such a, such a great edge rusher with that bend off the edge, the upfield burst. He's got it all. Um, but he's not, he, he wasn't going to be able to play inside and that's what Gary is able to do. Um, and then Savage, I love the Savage pick, um, because he is, he's going to be their free safety. We don't have to worry about Tremont Williams being back there anymore. You know, he's, He's old. He's just not as as fast as he once was. Now, um, I'll I'll give him a B plus two for day two. I like Jenkins. Um, you know, he was under under my radar, but the more the more research I did, the more I'm coming to like him, and uh, definitely going to do some more film work on him just to see how he's going to fit in everything. And then Sternberger is my favorite pick, um, so I'm completely completely happy with that. Basically, now I'm just waiting to see what number he is going to choose to see if whether or not I want to pull the trigger on buying his jersey. Um, so now, day three, the Packers' fifth rounder is Kingsley Kiki, Texas A&M. Uh, he played more edge for them, but he's probably going to move inside, maybe even be Mike Daniels' eventual replacement. Pretty similar um, players that um, that they are. Uh King, Kingsley uh, Kiki's a little bit bigger. He's 6'3". Mike Daniels is about six foot. Uh, Mike Daniels is just a big ball of power. Uh, similar to Kiki, Kiki might be a little more athletic. Now they take a corner in the sixth round, uh, Kadar Holman out of Toledo. He's a raw prospect, has all the physical ability in the world, just has to put it all together. Um, they take a late-round flyer. And Dexter Williams, a Notre Dame running back, uh, he's very similar to Jamal Williams. He's got a, a, a very stocky build. Um, I think he's about 5'11", 212. Uh, so he's a very, very much a power back. But he can do, he can run outside zone as well, which is what Matt Lafleur is expected to run a lot of. Um, and then seventh round, we get Ty Summers, inside linebacker from TCU. He's a he's a, a workout warrior. Um, ran a four five. 40-yard dash, 36-inch vertical, 27 reps on the bench. That blew Blake Martinez's numbers out of the water, but he just doesn't have that instinct that Blake Martinez does. He doesn't have that that play recognition. Um, he's not uh, he's not overly physical, so that's why you know Blake Martinez probably doesn't have to worry about anything for the time being. But um, you know, if Summers does turn some heads, then Martinez's contract is up next year, so that'll be something to keep an eye on. How did you any any of these picks call your eye, um, Gage, or have you have you looked at any of these guys and think they have a, a legitimate shot to contribute in the near future? Um, so with Kiki, I really like him. Uh, I like I like explosive guys on the offensive line, especially ones that can give the team versatility with the ability to play inside or outside. Uh, kind of like Gary, and I know that's weird that I just got done saying how Gary was not my favorite pick, but um, Get, like I just like I like getting a guy like Kiki later in the draft. Um, he's gonna just make their defensive line rotation uh, stronger. They're gonna have more guys to throw out there, and that pushes Montrevis Adams to be better. 
uh, pushes Tyler Lancaster a little bit, which Lancaster's had a couple like strong moments. He's never just put anything great in, though. Um, Holman, little older, 25 years old uh, for a rookie, which is kind of crazy. I mean, if you think about it, if he sticks around for the entirety of his rookie contract, he'll be like 28, 29 by the end of it. So he'll be getting like one, maybe they'll get like two contracts out of him, mm-hmm. which I know that's looking far ahead in the future. And six round picks don't always stick around, but you know, that's how we do things. Uh, Dexter Williams, uh, of the running backs, I thought they could grab. Um, I don't know if Williams is the one I would have gone with. Um, but I guess at this point you're throwing darts and you're just looking for athletic guys that can make plays for you. Um, I think that as long as he can prove that the mistakes he made in college are behind him, uh, I could Mm -hmm. be a great pick for him. Uh, 36 inch bird and the 130 in the broad isn't bad, especially for, like uh, especially for a running back who's only five eleven, he's a pretty explosive guy. Um, and then the one, so Ty Summers. Every and uh, I know a lot of people were clamoring for Devin Bush and Devin White and other inside linebackers. This is and this is just my opinion. I'm not a huge like everyone's like, why do we wait till the final pick of the draft to grab one? I'm not a huge fan of grabbing inside linebackers early unless you know you're getting a future hall of famer you're getting a stud i don't think i don't value the inside linebacker position like everyone else does mm-hmm. um i also know that green bay just invested a third round pick in Oren burks last year who barely got on the field but that's because he's he was playing in his second year at the linebacker position it's gonna take him time josh jones may not be the best coverage guy but the but he can play sideline to sideline he's hyper athletic he is what you're looking for in that converted linebacker um, he might not be on the team this year, but uh, based on the draft picks that they made, I see him play, making the roster. I see him playing inside linebacker a whole lot. And Blake Martinez, yeah, his contract's up after this year. Yeah, he wants a raise. He deserves a raise. The guy's been one of the best linebacker, inside linebackers in football over the past three or two or three years. So I And I know the Green Bay doesn't value inside linebackers that highly, which is why I wasn't surprised to see them wait until day three to do anything about it. Summers is a great athlete. He's going to be all over the field, but at the end of the day, athleticism has to translate to the field, and that doesn't always happen. There's a lot of yeah. – like we've seen plenty of guys who were hyper-athletes but didn't do anything. Dre Archer, great example. The guy was a phenom at the at the combine, ran a, what, 4.28, and then played maybe half a season as a kick returner three games out of the year and then didn't do anything. Trendon Holiday was a track star who was nothing more than a than was nothing more than a return man. I get the uh, hyper athletic linebacker is different, but I I don't value linebacker that highly, which is why when Green Bay waits until the third day of the draft to address it, I'm not going to blink twice. Right, right, and I think everyone's argument, at least my argument, was against Blake Martinez. I'm I don't dislike him as a player. He's so solid. He's as solid as they come. I if. If they can have him at a at a decent contract, I I want him back. Honestly, it's just that he lacks that playmaking. He's not he he doesn't make the game changing plays. He drops interceptions. He he he's not actively you know seeking out the ball. Um, but he's a sure tackler and he he's in the top five every year in tackling. And you need that. You need that reliability in the middle middle of the field. You need that field general, and that's what he is. Ty Summers, you already talked about it. Extremely athletic. Um, but his athleticism hasn't translated to the field yet. And, you know, that's going to be something to keep an eye on. Um, 
he's going to have every opportunity to, to, you know, prove himself. Everyone thought last year, you know, Greer Martini, uh, they thought he did enough to earn a roster spot. Also, I liked Ahmad Thomas, and neither of them made it. Um, so I don't think Ty Summers is, is a lock in any uh, regards because you have Warren Burks, a third rounder last year. He struggled just because he, he, he is inexperienced at inside linebacker. He, he had trouble getting off blocks. He's super athletic, but he doesn't have that functional play strength to get off interior linemen who get to the next level. So that's something he needs to work on um, is just to get in the weight room and, and work on that, that play strength. Um, and then Josh Jones, you've already talked about it. He's going to be that big nickel linebacker who can cover out the backfield, maybe match up on tight ends. Um, and, and be a um, you know an outside zone linebacker who can track down ball carriers. Um, Gage, is there any pick from day three that you're most excited about? How would you rate those three picks, and how would you rank them? I guess um, if I'm ranking them, uh, Kiki number one, uh, Williams number two, Hallman three, Summers four. Um, I am really high on our cornerback room. I Alexander King Jones because I think Josh Jackson's going to be better this year and then um also I'm really high on Tony Brown I love the physicality that he plays with I love the energy because I think that he and Alexander especially if you can get both of those guys on the field at once they're just gonna I think they're gonna piss some opposing offenses off because all those guys do is talk and they back it up Alexander is not afraid of any receiver in the NFL Tony Brown definitely isn't afraid of anybody, and I think that they're just going to harass a lot of people. So I think Hallman, especially with his his elevated age, <clears throat> I think that uh, I think that it's going to be kind of hard for him to bust through and make any noise this year. Um, Kiki, I just I I'm all for building the trenches up and making the trenches deeper, and if you can get an athletic guy. Um, is he Quinnen Williams? Is he at Oliver? No, but is he going to be an athletic guy that's going to make plays for you in the backfield? That's what he's going to do. He like he gives you versatility, gives you depth. Um, and then I've already given my piece about inside linebackers. I don't, I, I don't value inside linebackers unless you're getting a stud there. Like last year, Roquan Smith, I would have loved for him to fall to Green Bay because he's a, the guy's a stud. He's if he's not a he he played he had a great year last year despite playing having limited reps in the preseason. And by limited reps, I mean no reps in the preseason. And then you got – and then Dexter Williams, uh, I think if he's able to break through and be kind of a pass catching, kind of change of pace back, maybe. But I don't think that's his type of play style. I think he's more of a true runner. And uh, I just I, – I think I, if I'm going to give him a grade that day, I think I'm going to give him a C. I, I'm not overly – I'm not overwhelmed by anything, but I'm not underwhelmed by anything either. Um, so I think that Green Bay on – if I had to grade all of their picks between days one, two, and three, I'm going to give them a B. I'm not giving them a B plus or a B minus. Um, they underwhelmed me with a couple picks, but they blew me away, and they made a couple great picks. So uh, I'm excited to see what these guys are able to do. I'm excited to see uh, how the – Packers staff develops them because I know that um, they're really proud. They're they really think their development staff's really good, which it has been in the past. So I have a lot of faith in their ability to develop guys like Savage and Gary and um, Sternberger, and just there's there's a lot of development that's needed here. So I think that uh, Green Bay is going to do that really well. Yeah, overall, I'm really pleased with this draft. Um, you know, the thing about the draft is, is there's no sense in jumping to any conclusions right now because we really won't know if this is a good draft until, you know, a few years from now we look back and we 
we were finally just declaring that the 2016 draft was just atrocious or, or the 2015 draft as well uh, wasn't too hot. Um, but, you know, there's a ton of potential here. Uh, I think Kiki has the potential to be um, a starter in this league just because he's very athletic for his, for being an interior defensive lineman. He's playing out of position at Texas A&M. They put him on the edge too much. He just dropped 20 20 pounds he looks great and he did, doesn't appear that he lost any of that that strength that he had at texas a&m kadar holman is kind of a, a a late round flyer at corner they don't really need they didn't necessarily need to take a corner but they did they took one who is a tremendous athlete just has to put his technique together and um you know develop some more ball skills he only had two career interceptions at toledo um dexter williams you know just another reliable running back um, you know, a depth piece that maybe can compete uh, with Jamal Williams for rotational duties. Um, Aaron Jones is probably the guy for the Packers moving forward. Um, but, you know, he's had some durability issues, has missed some time since his first two years. So there's going to be opportunities for him. Um, his, nickname, his nickname is Juice, Dexter Juice Williams. So that's something Packers fans will probably have fun uh, to play with. And then Ty Summers, like you said, I kind of feel the same unless it, they were getting a Devin Bush or Devin White. I wasn't crazy about getting an inside linebacker uh, in the first round. Um, but he's a, he's a he's if you're going to, you know, draft a guy who's going to be a project, I'm glad it's a guy like Ty Summers, who's a tremendous athlete. Now, um, Gage, I really appreciate you coming on. We will be back. Uh, very soon, probably talk more about the drafts, maybe some undrafted free agents. But thank you guys for listening. Again, this is Dairyland Talk. I'm Brandon. He's Gage. Please follow us on Twitter, and we will touch base with you guys very soon. Take care.